Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, it cares Levert. It's cold. Levert. Back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday. Shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to this dual cast episode of Pickaxe and Roll and the Indie Cornrows podcast. I'm your host over here, Ryan Blackburn, and I am joined by host of the Indie Cornrows podcast, Mark Schindler. Mark, how are you, sir? Ryan, I'm doing really well, man. It's uh, it's been a long day so far, and uh, I'm in I'm in Cleveland, uh, so I'm like not too far from Indy, same time zone and all. But uh, just coming out of the Cleveland game, um, Pacers, Pacers, uh, Cavaliers. And uh, there are a lot of thoughts that we're going to get into on on, on, uh, on both Pacers and, and Nuggets. But I'm, I'm you, man. It's been a minute since we've talked, but uh, we, we, we chat on the timeline pretty, pretty regularly. How are things on your end, man? Uh, pretty good. Pretty busy, just like you. Uh, this is this is the fourth ever episode of Pickaxe and Roll. So you are the first guest that I've ever had on the show. I am, so I'm ecstatic, man. This is great. Congratulations. I'm glad to be gracing you with my presence right now. And I'm glad that you you are gracing Nuggets fans with the airwaves. You have such a nice, deep, resonating voice, man. Like that's just uh, I appreciate that, right? Great, great podcasting content right there. Hey, so, I mean, I haven't I haven't been shouted out by Doris Burke yet, but uh I, I like to think I'm doing <laughs> some things pretty well. I, I do have to say, man, I, I hit you up as soon as that happened, but that was one of like that, that made my night when that happened. I was like, you deserve it, man. You guys do great stuff. Uh, you do great stuff individually at Pickaxe and Roll, but uh, Denver Stiffs, you guys, uh, just in terms of, I know all of the uh, SB Nation sites are a little bit different in how they run things, and uh, I always am impressed with how much stuff you guys are doing. So, uh, yeah, 100%. I, I appreciate it, man. We've, we've done a lot of great things, and and I it wouldn't be – it wouldn't be me without trying to divert the credit uh, because we have a great staff and, and we have a lot of great things that are going on with a lot of great contributors. So again, thank you. Uh, it's Doris Burke is, is the coolest, isn't she? Oh, she really I is know. Just She's the greatest. Man. Oh man. It's, it's so fun to listen to her be the only intelligent voice other than Mike Breen on ESPN broadcast, but it's yep. great. Uh, I've been, I've been, it's wonderful to hear, uh, all of the content that she does and, and how, how much she's really laid the pathway for so many people. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Doris Burke. We're not here to talk about ESPN. We're here to talk about TJ freaking McConnell uh, and the Indiana Pacers, the flying and fighting Indiana Pacers who had been on a little bit of a backslide uh, for, for a few games there. But uh, if anybody was going to come out and give such great effort, it was going to be TJ McConnell. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pacers in the first segment, everybody. Then we'll transition to the Nuggets in the second segment, and then the Pacers Nuggets matchup, just kind of as a more as a more specific thing in the third. But I wanted to give Mark this time, and, and we we both talked. We wanted this to go up on both on both pods that this should this should be a really interesting time to to just give TJ McConnell his shine right now. Definitely, man. Uh, it's kind of wild. Um, because this game, like ultimately the Pacers do win, but uh, I mean, it was an atrocious game from them, especially defensively. Uh, but that was ultimately glossed over by TJ McConnell's best game of his life. Uh, he had nine steals in the first half, 
which is ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So man. cool. Like, there was a, and he didn't even play until, I mean, he came in, he came in early in the first, but I don't, I only think he had like two steals in the first, like um, it felt like there was an entire like four or five minute run in the second quarter where just every ball that went cross court ended up in TJ McConnell's hands. And it was, man. it was insane. He didn't miss a shot from the field. Didn't even go to the free throw line. Um, it was, uh, it was crazy, man. Like, I had all my friends, like all my group chats that I'm in, they were like, what, what the hell is TJ McConnell doing? I'm like, he's just, I have no idea, man. Like he's playing just possessed basketball right now, but, uh, he's been insanely good this season, honestly. Let's take a look at the stat line real quick, just in general. Uh, it's, it's just kind of unfathomable to really see it in, in person, but 16 points, eight of eight from the field, just, just even stopping there. Like if you get 16 points on eight made shots out of eight made attempts with zero free throws, that's incredible already, but you add in 13 assists and 10 steals, nine of which happened in the first half. That is just so cool. Like, like as, as just a general NBA fan, you're happy when you see things like that, that it's just, that's never, ever going to happen again. Yeah, no, I, I, if, if he has another triple double in his life, I would be surprised. No offense to TJ, it's just not really his game. Sure. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it just highlighted how the Pacers played tonight because I think without TJ, they probably lose by by ten or fifteen. Like it would have been that 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 awry compared. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's. I, I think he might have like obviously Jokic has the Sambor shuffle. Um, sure. And TJ McConnell has, I, I got to come up with some kind of name for his, uh, his like back foot fade away from like eight feet out is like, it's money. It always drops. Um, obviously not always, but it feels like it's like a 70% shot for him. Um, like he, he's it's, so it's, it's the, that. it's the Rashawn Holmes, like push floater. Exactly. It's the Jokic Sambor shuffle. It's the TJ McConnell back foot shot. Oh my God. Like he, he has always killed the nuggets in a lot of different ways. And he's, we're going to talk about this in the third segment, but like, he's a guy that I am deathly afraid of just not, not just because he had this game, but because he is a small spry athletic defensive minded guard who is going to get anything that he wants in the pick and roll. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to watch him tomorrow. He's I, I'm going to compare him to Fakuda Capasso, but like on five cups of coffee. Yeah, like, yeah. Which is which is in and of itself an accomplishment. Yeah, definitely. And also, I've loved watching Capasso this year, man. Um, yeah, he's very he, like it's it's funny. He's so similar to TJ too. I think they're like the three guys I would lump together. It's uh, TJ McConnell, Jordan McLaughlin up in Minnesota, mm, and Facundo. Okay. Uh, like all three of them are just like the super small high energy guards who like dive all over the court for loose balls, do crazy stuff out there and end up being a plus for their team. So it's uh yeah, I, uh, I, I, I totally, I totally feel that in the same way. Malcolm Brogdon also goes 12 of 15 from the field, 29 points. Uh, Demont Sabonis 18 on 12 shots. What's up with Sabonis? Uh, he seems like he's a, a like, I, I heard some, some chatter on Twitter that he didn't really look like himself. What's going on with him? Yeah, so he had um he was questionable to play to, tonight, I should say. I almost said today. Uh he was questionable to play tonight. He had uh he messed up his ankle a little bit against the 76ers and he did not have a great game against the 76ers. But then again, nobody on the team really had a good game. That was just sure. a, a, a total drubbing. Um yeah, so I think that was definitely a contributor to it. Um but also, I mean, this team in general just did not play well. I don't know if you saw the stat. Um 
they were out rebounded 25 to six in the first half. Yeah, I, I so did see that. A, I, saw, just, I just saw that. That just for, to go along with that. That's for insane. everybody listening who uh, who did not watch this game. It was like the, especially the first half was like one of the most broken things I think I've ever watched. Uh, <laughs> TJ, TJ McConnell had more steals than the Pacers had rebounds in the first half. So it's uh, it's one of the games where I, I just want to burn the tape and never watch it again. But I'm going to watch it again tomorrow morning anyways. But uh, yeah, I, I think Domas will probably be back to normal. Um, well, maybe not back to normal tomorrow, but I think he'll be he'll probably have a better night than he did tonight. Um, at least hopefully. Okay. Who do you think guards? Uh, that's actually a, like actually you know I'll save that for the third segment for yeah. that for that matchup specific stuff. Uh, looks like the Pacers are sixteen and eighteen. They they were on a four game slide from from what I recall, and then before winning this game, but this was kind of an ugly win. It wasn't necessarily really emblematic of a of a great team against the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, where are the Pacers at like are, are they because this has kind of been tough especially without their two wings that have been injured for a while what, where are the Pacers at in your mind so uh, yeah it's a good question uh, so this team is really a tale of of two seasons for me they go eight and four to start the year they got a lot of national not a lot but comparatively you know with with Denver sure oh, yeah. um, they get the you know they, they have a really good run and then the national media comes in and has a, 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 a couple nice stories. Um, and then Victor gets traded. Um, and since then the team has really just struggled. Uh, and it wasn't as apparent right away because the record was obviously already kind of stacked. Um, but as the team started to really break down a little bit, um, it's just clear that Demonis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon aren't enough on their own to, to carry a team. And that's, that's fine. Like, I think that's not sure. really an indictment of them. It's more an indictment of the roster and where it's at. Um, and the biggest issue for me has been like the offense has struggled a little bit or a lot of it, but uh, the defense has just been all over the place. Um, they've gone from being a, like, like last year and the entire era, my entire lifetime growing up, they've always been, um, a pretty conservative drop scheme, putting your man on an island. They always have a good rim protector and funnel everything to them. Um, this year, they're playing a lot of really crazy – well, not it's not even crazy, but a lot of high ball pressure stuff. Like Domas will play at the level of a screen. Um, okay. And it's – so they do a lot of uh, some similar concepts to what Denver does, but not nearly as well. Um, and even then, I know Denver's had struggles defensively this year too. Um, sure. But there's just like it's it puts Miles Turner in a really not great position. Um, like they're putting him they're hanging him out to dry a lot and just trying to force him to make a play. And well, um, he was fantastic at that earlier in the year. He still has been really good at that. But um, teams have gotten a lot better at picking that apart and realizing, hey, we don't have to go right at Miles Turner, one of the best room protectors in the league. And we can, you know, find ways to cut baseline or, or just uh, if, the, if there's a lob threat, you're screwed. Like. Um, a lot of the issues of, especially tonight were, were on the defense. Um, but like, like you mentioned with the two wings being out, uh, it's really hard to kind of judge the team. Um, like I've been really unsure what to think of uh, with Nate Bjorkren, obviously a first year head coach. Um, I don't know if like, like, and especially too, with how weird the season is um, because it's so, it's such a weird season. I think we always lose that. Oh yeah. Um, oh but, yeah. Like he's trying to implement a new system. He had the 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 short time that they had to implement a system at the beginning of the year is what he put in. Um, the personnel that he was expecting to have for the year 
most of them are not there, or at least the most important parts aren't. Uh, obviously, Vic's gone. Um, and he, to, to his credit, I mean, the, the scheme looked really good with Vic in it. Um, but, like, do you actually try and shift your entire scheme in the middle of a season when you really aren't practicing? Uh, and then your guys yeah. are going to come back that you built that scheme for? Like, it's – I don't know, man. Uh, but regardless, it's uh, mixed results for sure. TJ Warren's status is that he's out for the year, correct? Uh, currently, uh, he's listed as indefinite. So uh, okay. it's not um, – he's not officially out for the year. I think that there's a chance he comes back, but I, uh, I'm i I'm not entirely sure. He's still in the walking boot right now. Um, so it's okay. not – it's not all that promising, but Karis Levert is uh, potentially going to be back as soon as like right after the all-star break. Um, he is, I don't know if he started up in contact drills yet, but he was running like five on all offense. Um, so it, just the fact that he's back on court is fantastic. Uh, just for him to actually be healthy is uh, that, the way that whole thing worked out. It's kind of a miracle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. Hate to see the way that it actually panned out, but you're yes. happy that it did. Uh, it's 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 really tough to judge them because I think that people forget just how good T.J. Warren was in the bubble because they haven't seen him lately, and and you start to you start to really question uh, just just the 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 overall pathway that the Pacers could take. Uh, whether they whether they decide to continue to go for it or whether they decide to uh, not necessarily rebuild, but but there is a possibility that they could pivot. I guess where you 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 trade a guy that like a Justin Holiday who who isn't necessarily in the long term plans, but I don't know. Like I I'm I'm not necessarily on the ground to to really make those evaluations. I just see it from the outside that hey you're below 500, and and that even though the, the entire East feels like they're below 500. Like it, it still doesn't feel good from what I see. Oh yeah, and uh, Pacers fan, the, the Pacers fan base is all over the place, man. Um, there are people who are now putting out uh, one. One guy made a, a Cade Cunningham edit in a Pacers uniform, and that's all over <laughs> Twitter now. I'm like, guys, I'm trying to bring levity to the situation. Like we are, you know, this team is now two games below 500. You got, you got to chill. It's first of all not happening. The team is never going to be bad enough to tank for somebody like Cade Cunningham. Right. Um, but also, yeah, I don't, I think just given how this team operates, um, they're not, I mean, they will, they will make trades, uh, timely trades during the season and in the off season, but I don't think they're going to make a trade here. Um, I think, I mean, if things were to go drastically South, um, then I think they would look at it. Um, but right now, uh, just based on what Kevin Pritchard, uh, president of basketball offices has talked about, they really want to see this group together in the playoffs and healthy, um, which might not happen this year. Uh, sure. So, yeah. Um, I, I, so again, it makes it hard to evaluate, but I, I think ultimately just based on what I've heard, um, it doesn't seem likely that they're going to make any kind of trade this year, but that that's just speculation. Um, and they could end up pivoting, which I think there's, there's actually some merit to it. Um, I would, Given how some things are working out right now, I would look at at trading one of the centers personally, um, which I know will get some uproar from people. I'm not going to say which center because, oddly enough, uh, <laughs> anytime like you can't talk about any like so Miles Turner plays solo minutes a lot uh, or not a lot, but more than he did last year, and it's it's actually been really good. Uh, sure. You can't tweet about it or or write about it without somebody saying, "Well, but but 
so you're slighting Domas. I'm like, no, I'm just talking about Miles being good. And then it's just, it's a whole thing. It's uh keeps you on your toes, man. <laughs> I, I looked at the on-off rating with Sabonis and, and my jaw kind of dropped. Like that was one of the things that I saw that you, you look at things and you look at ways that teams can improve and you start to try to parse things together that despite the fact that Domas was the, the all-star that was named, that it's possible that maybe he's not the best piece for that team going forward, despite being really, really good, despite being really good at basketball. And he is really yeah. good at basketball. Like I, I, I hope that people don't, don't lose focus of that, but it's tough, man. Like it's just a really weird situation that I, I don't really know how to evaluate from the outside looking in, but uh, you got, you guys have a really tough situation on your hands, but thank you for putting the kibosh on my Justin, to Ho- Justin holiday to Denver. Hey, uh, Justin holiday is so good. He would help Denver a he's lot. So actually. Good. But he's, he's fantastic, man. Like he's a guy who um it's not going to happen because he's been a bench player for most of the year, but he's like a borderline all defense guy in some of the stuff that he does. Wow. Um, and obviously just a, a money three point shooter, um, which has been, kind of highlight i don't know if you noticed but doug mcdermott is happy he's shooting below league average from three this year which is like the first yeah, time that's weird. ever happened in his career he's, he's uh, a good mid-range bad. shooter but like like the the three-point shooting is just it's it's not quite all the way there and i think that's one of the reasons why the pacers haven't been as good necessarily from an offensive perspective is that not enough of their outside shooters have hit those shots yeah they have uh they've they've been a little bit under a little bit a quite quite underwhelming from deep this year um but hopefully, I mean, hey, Doug scored. I think Doug had like his, uh, his season high last year against Denver, uh, in uh, in Denver. So <laughs> hey, right. maybe yeah. round two. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. Awesome. Do you have any other uh, Pacers thoughts before we transition over to Denver? Um, I think the last thing I would say about the Pacers, uh, just on Domas's on offs. I know that that uh, that's been brought up a couple times. Um, it's tough. I've really tried looking at it and and in talking about it too. A lot of that gets swayed just by and I, this is me just trying to save Domas' face a little bit. Oh, um, you're fine. Like, hey, I I get it. As somebody who no, has yeah, to contend with Joel Embiid MVP things for the on off, like that's yeah. that's the reason why his why his MVP case is better than Jokic's. Like, I get it. Go yeah. ahead. No, yeah, it's just like it's uh, a lot of it gets swayed because he a he plays like the fifth most minutes in the NBA. This Pacers team isn't that good, so his his number is going to go down. He hasn't played as much with bench units. When he does play with the bench lineup, the bench lineups haven't been as good this year, partially because, I mean, Doug McDermott has still been really good, but the outside shot hasn't been there as much. Um, Other guys on the bench have struggled, specifically Aaron Holiday. Um, So it all, like, factors in. But I'm sure you feel this way, too. I am really tired of people just, like, throwing out on and off numbers and saying, well, this guy is – this team is worse because of this guy. I'm like, okay, watch the Orlando Magic – Tell me Nikola Vucevic is not the best player on that team. I, that's a, I get, that's a great I get that his on-offs are abysmal, but he's starting with Gary Clark, Dwayne Bacon, and, like, Chase on Randall. Like, come on, man. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be unfair to those guys, but they're 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 so injured. Like, it, it that stuff factors in. And so, of course, the bench is going to be better than the starting lineup because um, Dwayne Bacon is playing against, you know, like, Rick and DeMar so DeRozan, bad. you know. So bad for Nikola Vucevic, man. Yeah. <laughs> One of the so Balkan awful. boys, man. I mean, I know, sure. I know. He he's so good, and and he's just he's just been wasted. We could save Aaron Gordon if we're if we're the Nuggets. That'd be, that'd <laughs> hey, be man, cool. you and every team, right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, true. But I know I don't know if you know uh, who Chandler Jenkins is. Chandler Jenkins and yeah, yeah, yeah. Fazio, they're they're my guys. They are always oh, yeah. talking about 
uh, Aaron Gordon to uh, to the Nuggets. But uh, it, it, if, if it's going to happen, it seems like it would be this year. So Those two are great Nuggets fans, and and they're in my mentions frequently. And, and I, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. chat them up, and I once called out uh, I once called out Chandler for something or other that I don't really remember, but he's, he's great. Um, okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll transition over to Nuggets talk and just kind of prepping for this game. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll dual cast with the Indie Cornrows podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Make sure to go check out Mark and make sure to go check him out on Twitter. Uh, what's, your, what's your handle, Mark? It is at M Schindler NBA. So it's just like the list. Uh, yeah. I've never seen the movie, but it's the easiest way for people to remember. So uh, <laughs> that's how we do it. Mine is at NBA Blackburn for those that are, uh, for those that are, are on Mark's podcast. Like, ask me. That was a fantastic last name. You think I, so? I, like, always, it's just kinda... I love it, man. I think it's great. <laughs> it's no, so... it's, it's good. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, everybody, make sure to go check out what Mark's doing. And if you're if you're over on the Pacers side, make sure to go check over over at Denver Stiffs and the and the Pickaxe and Roll podcast on on Tw- on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Same thing with uh, same thing with Indie Cornrows. So. Okay, let's get into some Nuggets stuff, man, because they just came off like un- the Pacers. They they were reeling before this win tonight, but mm-hmm. the Nuggets they they were they're just coming off of this massive win with the with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they blew them out by thirty points. I'm sure as an indie fan, you you guys are pretty happy about that. Yeah, um, it was really I enjoyed the hell out of watching that game last night. Uh, first of all, Nikola Jokic. I mean, I I. I Seesaw back and forth on Jokic and Embiid, but I think Jokic is still my MVP to start the year, um, just given games played and how freaking good he's been. Like the, Everybody uh, go I'm, follow I'm Mark. Everybody go support his articles. <laughs> I'm actually I'm, I'm just here it's to great. chill out for – I'm here to chill out for more Denver followers on Twitter. Um, I love it. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, I think – I just have to ask you this, man. Like, uh, did you at all expect Jokic to take this kind of scoring step? Because – He's always been like you. You always saw the flashes and the game of him being able to take over, but to see what he's doing like night in, night out as a primary offensive weapon is just absurd to me. Like this season he's having is just uh, it, it's every game I watch him is just more mind blowing, and I just kind of I, I end up just watching and laughing so many times. Like against the Bulls the other night, like Thad Young is a really good defender, and he just real made good. Thad Young like he threw him across the. the the court a couple times it felt like like <laughs> it was just like getting anything you wanted um he's so good man i i, I literally i i i thought about moving to denver just so i could cover the nuggets because i love watching nicole Jokic that much we've had a couple of people do that actually and a good good friend of the program brandon vote did that when he was uh he started covering uh stuff for denver stiffs uh but he was in <laughs> california or he was in uh new jersey and then california i'm pretty sure and then he moved out to denver and just uh he's stuck ever since so it's a it's a it's a wave, man. And Jokic has he just brings a lot of joy. He brings a lot of basketball joy. Domas is very similar in this regard. That those guys they play with such a creativity and a positivity that it really helps everybody on the court stay engaged and stay happy and stay healthy. And it's been it's been awesome. To your point about the scoring, I kind of expected him with his scoring touch as long as his mentality would change a little bit, as long as his physicality would change a little bit, that he could average 24 to 25 points per game. Mm. Now he's up to 27. And like, I just don't really know where to stop. I don't know where this is going to go. So 
I didn't think that it would be this great, but he always kind of topped out at that 20 point per game mark over the course of the last, or the previous three years. He was at, I think, uh, 18, then 20, then just under 20 this last year. But uh, he has always been a really good scorer who didn't want to shoot. He always wanted to pass. He always, like his famous quote, an assist make two people happy, but basket make only one person happy. Uh, It's, it's great. And, and his, his mentality has carried him a long way and it's endeared him to everybody. But with the Nuggets kind of going through a little bit of a rough patch to start this year, he really had to change his mentality and just get aggressive. And he has gotten very aggressive. So it's been, it's been wonderful to see. It's been very beneficial for Denver's team in general. He's one of those guys that you could just give them the ball and, and they'll score. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, um, last year I was so, uh, I don't want to say worried, but I was like kind of concerned about is the three just regressed because obviously he shot, I think it was two years ago. He shot 38% uh, from three for the year. And then it was like down below league average last year. And to see him shooting this well, this much, this confidently has been a, obviously a huge part. Um, what did you think of the the Bucks game overall, though? I, because, I mean, that was – would you put that up there among the best ones of the season? It's got to be. Oh, yeah. It, it was definitely the best one of the year. Denver's had a couple of good candidates. But given the given the way that the, the Bucks and the way that they play, the way that they're so physical, they have a big wing in Chris Middleton who the Nuggets struggle with. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have Giannis, who at power forward, without Paul Millsap, without Jermichael Green, it was Michael Porter Jr. who was given that assignment. And did he handle it well? Not really. He got into early foul trouble at each of the first and third quarters, uh, picked up 2,000 each of those uh, time periods. But the way that Denver pivoted and the way that they stayed resilient through that game and then ultimately just dominated the Bucs on, uh, on the other end of the floor, it was very, very impressive. So they seem to be turning a little bit of a corner in my eyes. And I'm, I'm just glad to, I'm glad to see it at this point because they could have gone the other way with this road trip at the, at the beginning of this road trip, they were 17 and 15. And if you go two and two on that road trip, then you're 19 and 17. They're already three and oh, so they're, they're 20 and 15 heading into this, into this game. It could go 21 and 15, which feels really, really good after the way that they, the way that they kind of came out to, to this game so, or to this, to this season. So it has been a, a long time coming for this group, but it feels like stuff is starting to come together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt kind of similarly in watching them, um, especially too. I mean, Jamal Murray hasn't been spoken about enough and how he's playing. I pulled up his numbers just for reference right now. Um, but I was talking to uh, my friend Jackson Frank the other day. We talked about Denver on uh, on Locker Room, which Locker Room is actually really fun. I was like hesitant to love get into it. it, but um, I'm, I'm going to do a show on there for, for oh, the awesome. Nuggets. Definitely, so it should, definitely be, worth it. should be fun. I just I've got so many things going on right now. So. Oh, dude, trust, yeah. trust me. I We're going to figure like, it out. I feel like I'm always <laughs> trying to add something new. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. But yeah, um, I mean, Jamal, you, you could argue that Jamal almost had a better February than Jokic did. Like Jamal yeah. was putting up similar numbers to uh, to what he was doing in the bubble and just in the last 10 games uh 29.7 points on 57 51 93 which is just obviously ridiculous um he's could be a lot I, more- I, I, i'm hesitant to say he's back um because this has kind of been his thing uh being a little bit you know very fluctuating in, in what he's doing scoring wise but um i mean he was huge last night and he's been really putting together some consistent stretch uh so it's been it's been good to see considering uh, some of the injuries and, and issues that the team's dealt with, but 
Yeah, he he started out pretty injured at the beginning of this year, but I think most of that credit probably has to do with the short turnaround. Uh, he's one of those guys that he he actually posted this picture on on Twitter a couple of months ago or so that he 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 was a throwback image of a minutes per game graphic or a total minutes per gra- minutes graphic in the playoffs last year where he he showed oh man he's way at the top of of this minutes graphic because he's just had so much time that he's played and so much time that he spent and he's just so tired and uh he has he's now not tired he's now locked in he's he's in a better place physically than he was to start the year and to your points about the consistency uh my, my friend Adam Aris he uh he had a really great stat that represented this well, mm-hmm. that Jamal's previous high in terms of the number of 20 point games that he strung together in a row was six. And now he's at 11. He's, he's 11 games in a row that he's strung together 20 plus points, the consistency and the efficiency with which he has scored, but also not kind of dominated the offense and taken away from what Jokic has done. Denver really does feel back in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's a great point. Um, Adam pulls some of the best stats, man. Like I've only He's talked great. to Adam once, but I, I listened to him, of course, over at the NBR ton. Um, yeah, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that that's, that is good. Um, and it also too, what I think it's lost some people at Jamal Murray is 23 years old right now. Like, I'm 23 years old right now. So it's like that's, just just turned 24. Oh, just turned 24. I want to I, I want to okay. make that so clear. So, so now he now he's just old. He's a, he's Basketball only a, 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 a was couple lying. months yeah, a couple months like, younger was... than a couple months. He he misses that cutoff by like a, a few days or a few weeks yeah. or something. So but no, he, he is ex- extremely young. This is his fifth year in the NBA. And the way that people talk about him, the way that people have 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 these expectations for him is that, oh, man, he missed out on the All-Star game this year. And because of that, he's a disappointment. Well, I keep trying to pull the numbers together of people saying, hey, well, Devin Booker, he made the All-Star game on, a, on that uh, injury replacement. And Donovan Mitchell, he's having a much better year because of the numbers that he's putting up. No, those guys are just winning. And then the Nuggets have, they struggled out of the gate, as did Murray. But over these past few weeks, Murray has really strung together some incredible performances. And him getting back on track has really put the Nuggets back on track in general. Also, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Michael Porter Jr., who playing the power, playing the power forward position and starting there lately. Nuggets are four and one with, with, uh, with, Porter starting a power forward this year. He's been uh it's funny because I think uh a lot of people I've talked to and myself included thought he was going to take that leap into being like a 20 point per game scorer, but I actually think what he's done this year has been at least more importantly over like the last probably 15 10 or 15 games has been better for Denver than him becoming necessarily a 20 point per game scorer right now like um I think a lot of his issues that he had defensively came from him playing out of position. Um, I mean, he was kind of forced into playing a th- as a three and he really is a four. I mean, um, and it was hard for him to play the four last year because he was not a good road. His, his rotations were, were bad last year, just to be frank. Right. Um, but right. he's been a lot better with that. Like um, he can actually play the four now because he's, his weak side room protection is like kind of a thing. It's not all it's the not way bad. there. But he's like kind of learning how to do it. And uh, it's cool to see. And like he's deferring now, like he's not always taking every shot that comes to him. Um, He's still taking the open ones. But uh, I think you've seen a lot of really good growth from Michael Porter. And um, it's the same thing like we just mentioned with Murray. Like 
dude is 22 years old. This is his second real season in the league. To expect him to take that that jump is like a little bit absurd. But I think he still has that punch where he can come in and he can do things for stretches for you that most guys can't because they're not, you know, six foot ten and a complete freak vertical athlete like he is. Um, but I've been really impressed with him. He's done a great job. And the Nuggets have a major decision coming up when everybody gets yeah. healthy because they have long had Paul Millsap as their starting power forward. They even waited too long to get Jerry granted to that starting power forward position, uh, starting forward position. And by the time that they actually did it, Jeremy Grant was pissed off enough that he left. Uh, it wasn't just because of touches. That, let me just say that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that this Nuggets team has to deal with because they have so many guys that I think could be rotation players, but may not necessarily be high quality rotation players because kind of beyond what Murray and Jokic and recently Porter have done, it's been very inconsistent. Morris has been a pretty consistent uh, either fifth starter or sixth man type. Uh, Faku has come on late, but he he's out and has been out for a little bit. And I think what PJ Dozier has shown lately has also shown that there's, there's a lot of guys that the nuggets could probably have in the rotation and be pretty good. And, and maybe some are going to be better than others. I wonder if the best thing for this team is to bench Paul Millsap and keep running with this thing. Start, keep starting Barton at the three Porter at the four. When Gary Harris comes back, put him in at the two and just try to figure it out from there. But I don't know how this team is going to handle that and whether Michael Malone is ready for that discourse. That's a good point. Um, Just like my gauge on Paul as a person, um, do you think he'd be cool coming off the bench? Because like, I've always gotten the vibe that he's just like very much so like a team first person. Um, And everything I've heard, especially from his days in Atlanta is that he was really, you know, a, a good, good leader, good, good, just a good dude to be around in the locker room. Sure. Um, but and especially too, it's it's easy to forget that he's 35 because even though he, he's you can tell he slowed down a lot, he still looks like exactly like he did when he was in Atlanta. Um, I mean, maybe he's kept himself in great shape. Yeah. He's he's done he's done a great job of staying as professional as it possibly gets. Yeah. He's a guy who I don't think he's going to be the problem if uh, if if they try to move Paul Millsap to the bench. I think I honestly think that I'm more concerned about Michael Malone being willing to do it and committing to Michael Porter at the four. He has talked about Michael Porter being a three, and I think he wants that added length and added defense uh, from a guy like Millsap at the power forward spot because he's very steady, because you know what you're going to get from him on a rotation uh, perspective uh, consistently. But I also I'm, I just question it because we have so much data now that says that Porter really isn't best at the three. He's best at the four. And he's the guy that the Nuggets have to commit to if they're going to win in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And also, too, I mean, you, you have to be willing to try new things. Uh, you Like, th- that sounds cliche and, like, obvious, but at the same time, like, if you have something working like it is right now, um, I don't always believe in the hot hand theory, but at the same time, like, when you find something that sparks after you have really struggled to find something that consistently – lights the fire for 30 games um you got to run with it and see what you've got um and and yeah no it's a really interesting thing to bring up and i think in some ways too it's better to have i mean it's obviously better to have Millsap off the bench um but how do you think that kind of uh works with jamichael coming off the bench because he's been really good this year 
Um, he now, has obviously been really he's kind good. of in and out of the lineup right now with with uh, with injury, but yeah, he uh, he hurt his shoulder a few games ago, and ever since then the Nuggets have had to really pivot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't been back in the lineup, and and probably he's not going to be back tomorrow. Uh, I think that Denver has really shown that they need Jamichael Green, and he's done a great job at power forward and at center. He's he spent most of his good minutes as the backup center, in my opinion. So I think it's okay to play him and maybe even play Paul Millsap next to him on that defensive unit and just try to survive that way. You combine uh, Porter's minutes with Jokic in the, in the starting units, and then you stagger Murray with, uh, with uh, Paul Millsap and Jamichael Green and just try to play smart and space the floor. I don't know if I necessarily like that group. Denver hasn't gone to it that, that much. Uh, the Millsap Green front court, and it mm-hmm. hasn't been good when they have. Uh, but I still think that they need to try it because there are so I, I just I struggle with the idea of moving Porter to the bench again. I don't think that yeah. there's any way that you possibly could do that with the way that he's gone right now and how much you've built up his confidence already and the just the way things have really trended. So it's just a really tough call. And and I think that we it may it may even be trade it may be changed with the trade deadline. We don't know if this is the roster that the Nuggets are going to have. Uh, heading into the playoffs so I, I'm also curious about that they they probably want to make an upgrade here or there that's that's kind of the vibe that I get yeah okay well that's that's good to hear because I have felt similarly um, I mean I think at, at Jokic and what he's doing this year and I know um, Denver's thing is not skipping steps um, and I like that I've always appreciated that but I think you you look at what what Nicole is doing it's like if you don't go in this year to try and especially trying to capitalize off of last year, not to be a prisoner of the moment, but I think you look at um, you don't want to squander what Nicole is putting out on the court every night, because I mean, some of the games I've watched, it feels like he is winning in spite of the nuggets almost just based on how the guys are playing. And it's not to shit on the guys, but like, that's just how the the roster has felt this year in some regards. Um, So that's my personal feel. I agree. Like if they, if they make a move, uh, that would be tremendous for them. Uh, and it doesn't have to be like going out and like trying to trade for James Harden or whatever, what um, just like some kind of upgrade on the wing is clearly in need. Yeah. That's, that's why I think of Justin holiday. That's why I've thought of uh, there, there are various guys like starting caliber guys that you could go for. There are also kind of bench guys that you could go for to try to fill in the gaps a little bit, just rejigger the rotation just a little bit. Uh, but we, we don't really know how it's going to go. I, I still maintain that Aaron Gordon is the guy that if you're, if you're trying to win a championship and you're trying to defend the best players in the NBA, then that is the guy that you want to go after. But I could be wrong about that. And maybe, maybe there's somebody else who pops up that they can find, but I, I just have trouble finding somebody. Yeah, no, he would be really interesting too. Um, like he brings you some more playmaking. He shot well this year. Um, I'm not, I mean, like, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not high on his defense. I did a, a pretty big deep dive on him, um, a few months ago. Uh, I think it was right before the bubble started. He like, I think in the right context, he would be a great defender and that could be in Denver, but like right now his defense is just super inconsistent, but part of that's just playing on a bad team or not even a bad what team, if, but just like, what does he do that, that has really highlighted his good things, but also kind of highlighted those weaknesses. Yeah. I think his, uh, what he's really good at is like, he's one of the best Giannis defenders in the league, actually, because he mm, doesn't okay. foul. 
Um, he's really good at playing straight up in the post because he's obviously very strong there. Um, I think his off ball could be a lot better. He can ball watch a lot. And um, I think he's somebody, if he wanted to, he could get, you know, uh, you could average like three and a half or four stocks a game. Um, sure. If you really hone some of his skills. Um, but it's also difficult too, because like he's asked to do so much for them offensively. Um, I think if he was just put in a different situation to be a lot better defensively. And I think he has the opportunity to be like a true lockdown guy on the perimeter. And he flashes that at times, but it's just like, like with defense, I think so much of it is consistency. Like you look at all the guys who make all defense with uh, it, you know, obviously there are always the guys who like Hassan Whiteside was all defense one year. Um, Like consistency (laughs) is important for all defense, especially in the, on the perimeter. So, but I think he would be, I mean, he'd be a great fit. He seems like a guy that if, if you're going to move Michael Porter back to small forward, then you do it for Aaron Gordon. Yes, like because 100%. because he has the versatility to play kind of a three and a half is what I've coined uh, a 3.5 is what I've coined Porter. Yeah. Uh, and what you want to pair with Porter is a guy who kind of fills in those opposite traits. Uh, Aaron Gordon's a great on-ball defender. He's very strong. He's a good rebounder. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective though he can handle the ball. He can run those DHOs and, and some of those uh, those other post-ups when he has a good mismatch. So I think that Denver should be not, not selling out for a guy like that, but if they could get somebody that's along those lines, then they could jump back into this championship contention race. Uh, not like, not maybe fully, but like at least putting themselves within striking distance of a team like the Lakers or hell, like, I, I don't know, the the Brooklyn Nets or somebody like that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a good point. Like it's more just with how good of a season Jokic is having, he gives you a chance to do something in the playoffs. Like right. you just have to put the guys around him. Um, what would you like? What are you, what would you give up in a trade for, for Aaron Gordon? Like what, what would you look at? It, I it think Will Barton to... would probably have to be gone. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I read a good piece by Josh Robbins in the athletic today that once they mm-hmm. said, he said that if, if Evan Fournier is a guy that they decide that they don't want to bring back, that they need to find a replacement for him at shooting guard. And so I think that you could, you could probably sell that if you're Orlando on a Gary Harris or a Will Barton and say, okay, these guys, they have, they haven't had a great situation for them in Denver where they've really been able to show their stripes, but they, they have shown in the past that they are starting caliber could they be the centerpiece of a package around where for Aaron Gordon, you throw in a first round pick, you throw in maybe a, a one of the young prospects that Denver has either a Zeke Naji or an RJ Hampton uh, bull bull, if they're interested though, I doubt it. Uh, and, and you just see where you get from there. Uh, I don't know if that's enough to get him, but I think it's at least enough to get in the ballpark and, and see if they're interested uh, I'm not sure if Denver has made those calls yet, but from what I've heard they're they're not as high on Aaron Gordon as I am, mm-hmm. but I think that he would be a good fit. And I think they should heed my advice because, because <laughs> I, I would agree, man. I, I 100% <laughs> agree. Okay. Uh, we've spent way too long on the nuggets. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about this game. This is going to be a fun matchup. Although hopefully it's, it's just, it's over quickly because we're nearing the all-star break. And I think both of these teams need that break desperately. We'll be right back. And we're back. Final segment, dual podcast between pickaxe and roll and indie cornrows. Thank you so much for tuning in everybody. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, I, I got to ask, Mark, you guys are coming off of a back-to-back. This is this is a tough situation for you guys to be in. Uh, 
who should be favored in this game and why should it be the Pacers? <laughs> I would 100% favor the Nuggets in this game, just to be honest. Um, I Miles Turner has struggled with Nikola Jokic throughout, throughout his career. I actually think that they, they should play Domas on him. They're probably not going to because that's how it's been this year. Um, but I just look at what the Nuggets have right now compared to how much is missing for the Pacers and also just how they've been playing recently. Um, and given how the Nuggets have been playing recently, like Michael Porter should have a really good game. Um, so I, yeah, sorry to, sorry to my people listening, but I, I, I think this is going to be a, not an easy Nuggets win, but um, I'd be surprised if it's not a Nuggets win. Well, it's, it's funny that you say that because the, the breakout that Michael Porter had really came against the Indiana Pacers last year. When, when he came, I'm sure you you guys remember that. Well, it was, it was honestly the shot making display was something that I don't know if he could ever replicate if he wanted to, Uh, though he might, he's, he's had a lot of great games, but that the, the four foot step back that he had on, on Doug McDermott. Oh, God, just, dude, don't. It's, <laughs> don't remind it burned, me of that shot. That burned it to my memory. Good Lord. So good. <laughs> but I, I was curious how, how you think that they would handle that matchup because while the Nuggets are going small and they're playing Porter at the four, the Pacers are obviously big and they've got Turner and Sabonis. So we've talked about uh, kind of Nuggets wise that Sabonis has given Denver issues and Jokic specifically some issues in the post. Uh, what would you think? Like, do you think that they're going to have that matchup though? Or do you think that they're going to put Turner on Porter or Turner on Jokic and Porter uh, matched up with Sabonis? Uh, question, by the way. Great, yeah. great stuff. <laughs> um, man, I, I really think that they should, I think that they'll put miles on Jokic and I mean, obviously I, I don't want them to, I think doubling on Jokic is like the worst thing you can do. Um, he's so good as an individual scorer, but like, I would rather have him try and score on you in the post than give him any opportunity to pick you apart. But given how this team has played this year, they doubled Luca, they doubled Trey young. They'll probably double Nikola Jokic. And I'm sure that he'll have 15 assists and it's going to be ugly. And they'll get a lot of wide open threes after a couple swing passes because the team always gets lost in rotation. Uh, yeah. It's it's been that kind of year, man. But um, I would yeah, bet that, I'm just kind of shaking my head over at that because that just sounds like Nuggets heaven, honestly. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's tough. That's how I picture it, man. Like I, uh, I, I, I mean, ideally, I think what they do is have Miles on him, and what they did in the Philly game against Joel Embiid is, um, they they got a little bit better with it, and instead of fully doubling, they were cheating on, um, or digging a little bit, um, but then the backside rotations weren't good, so. Maybe after the Philly game, they've improved the backside rotations, uh, but but we'll see on that. But ultimately, I think it's going to be Miles on, on, on Jokic, and um, somehow Domas is going to cover Michael Porter Jr., um, which that sounds like foul trouble or uh, a lot of pretty easy looks at the rim, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. To be fair, uh, Porter has to guard one of those guys at the other end, although I do think that guarding Miles Turner is probably something he could do. Uh, I just, I having, having Jokic guards a bonus, like Jokic can, uh, he can win that matchup. And, and I think he probably would win that matchup given where Sabonis is physically right now with that ankle injury. Uh, but I, I still think that Sabonis gives him a lot of issues and, and there, there are a, a lot of uh, Spider-Man memes that I think you can draw in the way that they attack the opposing team that, 
if Sabonis is hitting the little floater or the little jump hook that he has, Jokic isn't going to get up to block that shot. So if he's hitting those shots pretty consistently, which I know that he can, uh, Denver could lose a lot of those, those points uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the one that I, the thing that I'm really looking at with this game though, is that this is a game that Denver should win just based off of all the factors that are heading into this. They have that rest advantage it's the last game before the all-star break for Denver. They can just sell out, do, do as much as they can before winning this one, but or be, before heading off to the break, excuse me. Uh, but TJ McConnell zipping around kind of everywhere is that short, annoying guard that picks off the passing lanes that just gets into the dribble of everybody. If I'm if I'm Jamal Murray, I'm, I'm really trying to uh, at least guard against that if I can possibly can, uh, because he's a guy like – I think that Denver could get their pockets picked a little bit too many times if, if McConnell's out there defending the way that he did. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, I think he'll play a huge part in, in, in the game. Um, but also, I mean, he has to go up against one of the guards who turns over the ball, the least in the NBA in the count of Mane Assistio, Mane Morris. Um, <laughs> it's still one me, of my favorite me, uh, things. Let me, let me correct that. It's the count of Mate Assisto. Assisto. Oh gosh, that's so close, so close. You're, you know, it's, it's um, regardless. It's such a great nickname, isn't I'll it? never forget when I, because uh, I, I think I pulled that up on Basketball Reference the day that they tr- they changed it over. So I hadn't seen that that was a thing on Twitter yet, and yeah. I was like, no way, it happened because I knew that. Like I, I talked to people who were like, this is happening. I'm like, I, it's not going to happen. They're not going to let it in, and then it did, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic. But, Honestly, so cool. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I love it. Yeah, oh, it's great, man. But also, like, I mean, it's. It's such minute stuff, but this is why we love basketball, man, and why we are we do what we do. Like, I get excited about the fact that I get to watch two of the best backup point guards in the league play each other. Like, Monte Morris is one of my favorite dudes to watch in the NBA. Uh, he's going to get paid this summer. Um, and he actually got that contract extension. So, oh, he, we did. It's locked in. Loop, man. You're good. You're good. It's it's hard. Like, look, I think I think that Nuggets fans also would say, man didn't realize that TJ McConnell is this good 16 points on a perfect eight of eight with 13 assists and 10 steals. Like what are they doing over there? Like, yeah. how are they not winning more games if TJ McConnell's putting up games like that? Yeah, exactly, man. Um, well <laughs> that I would, I would lean towards uh, nobody can shoot right now. Um, oh, it's that, been better. Miles Turner, Miles Turner could shoot tonight, um, but over, I think it's over the last, Last two weeks, they're like 27th three-point percentage or open yeah. three-point percentage. So they're like missing all their open shots. Uh, it's been painful. But um, I can't believe I forgot that Monte got paid this summer. Um, good for him. Uh, Lucky yeah, to have him. Deserving. Yes. he's Also also very confusing that they they extended Monte Morris and signed Fakota Capasso. Uh, yeah. but, but they, but they're just, they, they found a way with both of those guys to be successful. So that's definitely, that definitely hasn't been Denver's biggest issue. Uh, it really has been figuring out the forwards and Michael Porter and, and just the, uh, the way that things have really panned out there, but I'm looking forward to this game, man. This should be a lot of fun. And, and these teams though, it feels like they're like, one of them is kind of rising and one of them is kind of like, like trying to find their way right now before this all-star break. They're both very good and very talented and very similar uh, just with the way that they've been built, the way that they've, they've, you tried to build this as a, as organically and internally as possible. It's not with free agency signings though. Congrats on the Malcolm Brogdon signing. He is awesome. Like he's really, really good. He's, he's a, he's a great dude off the court too. Really enjoy. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that if, if I were the nuggets and I were trying to find the perfect lineup 
to surround Murray Porter and Jokic with, it would be like Malcolm Brogdon's definitely at the top of that list of a guy that you want in your corner there. Like he's just the, one of the perfect pieces to have with a championship team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's been, uh, he had a really good year last year too. He, he struggled with injuries. Um, but this year he's been able to really consistently put some stuff together. His uh, shot has come back after kind of struggling a little bit last year with that. Um, He's been just a pleasant surprise uh, overall. Like I, I thought he was going to be solid um, coming over from Milwaukee, but I didn't expect him to take the on-ball leap that he has because now he's doing so much on-ball, uh, generates a lot of the offense out of pick and roll and, and getting to the rim. Um, I, I just can't say enough positive about him. I thought his, I, I think his defense has been better this year too. Um, it's not like he was a bad defender last year, but uh, he gets he was asked to guard a lot of – um small guards last year and he is not the quickest guy so he struggled with that a lot and that's like i mean i can't we didn't even talk about this matchup yet because we were too busy talking about backup point guards but um i mean i think jamal murray and malcolm brogdon probably are going to guard each other tomorrow unless they put justin holiday on him um but i would bet i mean malcolm brogdon normally guards the top perimeter option so i think he will probably um end up with a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of matchups between the two two lead guards. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, Jamal, like there, there was a, a a post that went around Twitter yesterday. There, he was on the the player, the defensive player ladder for for NBA.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not great. he's not the fifth best defensive player in the NBA, that but he has true. he has made a lot of progress. He's definitely yes. like I think that some of his defensive numbers haven't really showcased the progress that he's made on that end of the floor is a both an on ball and off ball defender when he's locked in. Sometimes he gets unlocked a little bit and sometimes he doesn't focus up, but when, when Denver is locked in, he's probably their best defensive guard, which they have Gary Harris and they have PJ Dozier. So like, it's kind of nuts when you, when you think about that, like, actually, you know, what? I, I, I'll take that back because when, when Gary Harris gets locked in, he can, he can do some incredible things and, and PJ Dozier's long and he can do a lot of incredible things too. But I think it says a lot about where he has come, where Jokic has come that, that guys like that, that were considered defensive liabilities early in their careers have progressed to that level that you didn't necessarily expect from them over the first couple of years of their career. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh especially like the in the in the series against Donovan Mitchell, um, I mean Gary Gary Harris didn't play until I, I think he only he only played the last two games of the Jazz series, right? Or was it yeah. the last yeah. yeah. Um because I mean Jamal was a huge part in in stymieing uh Donovan down the stretch a little bit. Um I I, I don't know. I can't speak enough on, on Jamal. I think like the fact that he has such the, the usage that he does have. And then he still plays defense at a high level. Um, like, again, he's not an elite athlete. He doesn't have elite length. So it's it's never going to be like an all-defense type uh, caliber. But he's consistently competing, um, especially when it's, you know, like you mentioned, when he is locked in. Um, and he's a positive on the defensive end, when he, or at least a neutral at the very least whenever he's right. – uh, when, when he is fully engaged. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, I really like him. And P.J. Dozier – hitting shots now has been awesome because I was really high on him uh, coming into last year and just in general, because Denver's always has like a million guys on the bench who are useful in some regard. And PJ sure. hitting shots is huge, man. Like I, I know it's not high volume, but he's, I mean, he's taking multiple a game um, and he's hitting almost 40%. I don't know if it's here to stay. 
even if it's just league average, I mean, that's, that's like huge for him moving forward and what he can do. He's a lot of fun. He's a South Carolina alum as well. So like, he's, he's a guy that, that I definitely support uh, with, with the way that he's done, he's gone about his business. I like, I like what he does next to Jamal Murray and kind of as that Mm. second or the secondary or tertiary ball handler. Uh, When his role is a little bit reduced, he can do a lot of great things on both ends of the floor. Um, But yeah, that's, it just shows that like Denver has a lot of guys that they can build a championship contender around, but they just need that one piece where if if you've got that big wing defender, then things can kind of like, can kind of lock into place, but it's like finding a needle in the haystack at this point. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And it's not exactly the big wing defender, but he has defended big wings recently. I meant to ask you about him earlier. What have you thought of Zeke Naji so far? Because I've liked some of his flashes, um, but again, he's he is a rookie. Um, asking him to play some of the minutes he's had to play is, is rough. But he, I mean, like he, he's done some things that are like, okay, cool. I I'm pretty high on him. I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation post all-star break, but he's a guy yeah. that I would want to continue to play and continue to develop for a playoff run. Because like you said, he's, he's a very athletic guy who's pretty smart with his footwork. He's actually done a really good job of staying in front of ball handlers uh, on, on ball. Uh, there a couple of times like he got blown by, by Damian Lillard for a dunk one time. But other than that, like he's actually been really good on switches against some of the best players in the NBA. So really impressed with what he's done. Uh, he's got a lot to learn and, and his offensive role, he really is just a spot up three point shooter. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what he does and how he develops on that end. But if he hits 40%, then like, uh, it's hard to, hard to, hard to complain about what he's doing. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Uh, I don't really have any more thoughts other than do you, do you want to give a prediction for this game or like, like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like I laid out a little bit earlier, I mean, I think with, it's just going to come down to can the Pacers defense force Denver into really difficult contested looks. Um, obviously you, in some regards, it's just a double-edged sword because you, you don't want the ball in Jokic's hands, but also, would you rather have Jokic score 35 on you and then you're forcing uh, the ball out? I mean, you're forcing the ball to stay in his hands. Um, I really think ideally you're able to, um, to just find a balance, um, force him into some really tough looks at the rim or tough looks from mid range. Like maybe you are able to um, keep him off the block, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, but that was one of the only ways that uh, he really got had any issues in the playoffs was when uh, um, playing against the Lakers when they were able to really work him off the block a little bit. But that was playing with, I mean, a three-center rotation who were expending a ton of energy to get him to do that. Um, that's not what this yeah. team has right now. <laughs> they, so They literally brought in Dwight Howard to just Dwight Howard was his energy. <laughs> it was but just to be fair, man, I, I think uh, Domas hates Dwight Howard too. Or not even hates, but just like – Dwight just is annoyed. like he's so good at being an irritant on uh, on both ends. Like his, his role, like to his credit, just fitting in his role was tremendous. Um, like he almost got yeah. Domas to get Domas got a tech against the Sixers, uh, and he I mean he's a fairly emotional player, but he was like this close to 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 being thrown out of the game. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very tough game for the Pacers to win. It's not unwinnable, um, but it's going to take a tremendous game from multiple players for the Pacers to win this game. No game is unwinnable against the Denver Nuggets. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they, you don't know what you're going to get from them on a night-to-night basis, and that's one of the reasons why 
uh, they have been overall disappointing from a lot of people's perspective. And mm-hmm. they've lost three times to the Sacramento Kings and twice to the Washington Wizards. So like it really is like you could you could get any kind of effort from them. So but they've done a really good job heading into the all-star break on previous seasons. And Jokic actually balls out in a lot of these cases. So I think he'll probably have a good game still. I hope that Porter has a good game. He he had a little bit of a step back this last game, but did, did some good stuff. Uh, I think that Denver's going to win with the caveat that I know that this is a trap game and this could be really, really disappointing if they, if they let DJ McConnell go off for 20 points, which is very possible, then it could be a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I think the, if, if I had to put on one person, Miles Turner has to have a big game. Um, he was pretty decent tonight. I mean, he was fine, especially defensively. He was good, though. Um, but overall, he has to have a good uh, good offensive game, too, because he, he's really picked up his offense this year. His overall feel for the game has really improved on that end. Um, but if – I mean, his, his shot has not fallen well. I think he shot 29% from three in February. Um, he's still been taking them confidently, but he hasn't been making them well. So he needs to really turn that around, get it started against Denver tomorrow night. What's his shot profile like when he's playing the power forward position or really what is the power forward on offense right now? Yeah. I mean, he's taking, uh, he, he's been really good with it. He, he used to be a prolific mid range guy earlier on in his career. And now, I mean, everything is either a three or he's driving it to the rim, which is what's been different. Like he's uh, he would pump and go a little bit last year and it picked up towards the end of the year. But now, I mean, he's consistently driving four or five times to the rim and he's improved his foul rate. Um, he legitimately has like a solid handle for his size and, and can get to the I rim. Believe I believe it. Yeah. So I think he, he'll have an opportunity against uh, against Michael Porter next uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, that's a matchup where both of those guys could probably score a lot of points. That's yes. that's kind of how I'm thinking it. So Definitely. we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I'm awesome man this has been great i i really appreciate you taking the time with me and then and we can we can link up on the on this dual podcast episode it's been awesome to to talk to you again i've been been pretty happy to to hear some of these pacers thoughts yeah me too man i I definitely appreciate you taking the time and uh very happy to be the first official uh official podcast over at pickaxe and roll been great man we've been uh we've been expanding ever so slightly ever ever since the debut happened so i've been uh been happy to see it but everybody make sure to go follow mark over at what he does with indy cornrows it's it's m schindler nba or mark schindler nba uh m schindler nba and of course everyone on on my side go follow ryan of course everything they're doing at denver stiffs everything over at pickaxe and roll at nba blackburn stuff's great um you will denver denver twitter is one of my favorite twitter groups actually there are some uh you, you uh jazz twitter is uh unbearable um there are others I, I i actually get along with a lot of the people in philly uh philly twitter but uh it just it depends on on what 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 uh what side you're coming from but yeah i i do enjoy the crossover with nuggets twitter i i posted a meme tonight i don't know if you saw it but it was uh it was Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. So they're the arm, the strong arms grasping <laughs> yeah. together with uh, eviscerating Ruby, Rudy Gobert in the middle. So yeah. Oh, I love it, man. Grand all time with that. I'm but, sure uh, your I, mentions are a lot of fun right now. <laughs> it's great. Uh, everybody, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will I will be on podcast tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure Mark will be, be doing the same exact thing. We're on the grind. So having a grand old time. Everybody, take it easy. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.